0: Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series where each week we dive into the word of God and the powerful message of Christ. Revealed to you in darkness, reveal it in light, what was whispered into ears shouted on the rooftops. Good afternoon, church. Good to see you guys. Thanks for joining in through YouTube live streaming. Uh, Great to greet you on this beautiful day as we celebrate Mother's Day. Uh, I just want to take the time to say thank you for all those that participated as we made a surprise delivery or we made surprise deliveries throughout yesterday. Uh, Thank you for all those that volunteered to make the wonderful drop-offs of of baked goods. So just uh, all the runners, volunteers, thank you. And mothers... Wherever you're tuning in today in service, we want to just honor you, thank you. Uh, Today is your day, so hopefully that in your own homes that you're honored and you appreciate it, and we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts, from Rooftop Church. Uh, Next announcement is, uh, just only announcement, I guess, is uh, we've been now doing daily morning devotions at 8 o'clock in the morning. So if you would like to participate, if you'd like to tune in for about 10 minutes of devotion each day, Simply go on Instagram, uh, follow Rooftop Church account, and for about 10, uh, 10 minutes from 8 a.m. to about 8, 10, 8, 15 or so, uh, we have a wonderful time uh, just meditating on God's Word. And currently, we are going through the Book of Acts. We take one chapter a day, and tomorrow fa- uh, happens to be the chapter, chapter 6. So you may read ahead. Or you could read after the morning devotion together. So I just encourage you guys to tune in. You wanna start a, a day with the Lord and meditating on God's word, we have the opportunity to do that. Um, let's get started right away. As I've mentioned before, today's Mother's Day. You know, for some reason, Mother's Day is different. Uh, I, I feel compelled to acknowledge uh, uh, this special day on the pulpit. You know, I'm more likely to let it slide on Father's Day, which is really ironic because. Uh, you know, I'm a dad myself. Uh, I probably have a lot more to share uh, because, I have, because of my own experience as a father. But for whatever reasons, I think when it, when it falls on Mother's Day, I just really feel like that, that it can't just be ignored. Like we do, I, I do feel um, compelled to uh, share God's word on this. You know, perhaps maybe the reason I tend to bring more attention to Mother's Day is because uh, I really believe that mothers are some of the most underappreciated people in the whole world. You guys agree? Perhaps all the mothers are nodding in in, in their quiet homes in agreement with me. Um, so I normally I just uh, like to remind everyone to be good to their mothers, show in whatever ways possible, show their appreciation to their parents, to their mothers and even more so than they already do but today today's message is not about how good to be how to be good to your mother or even showing appreciation to them today's message is about seeing why mothers are special and there's something very special and uniquely powerful about mothers and that's demonstrated in the faith of which mothers have and so we want to explore deeper into their minds and in their hearts. And we want to be able to try to understand a bit better. So we're going to do that by looking at a mother who had, a, who had to make some difficult choices for the welfare of her son. And being a mother or father is really tough. It really requires some tough decisions. And oftentimes it requires radical faith that we have in God. So today we simply want to explore this powerfully inspiring story of a mother. And I want to uh, reflect on the story of a woman who is rarely mentioned and often not talked about all throughout the Bible. In spite of her low profile, she gives a very clear and powerful portrait of uh, of a mother with great faith. Even though we know so little about her, She's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, which we know to be the chapter of Hall of Great Faith. Her name is not mentioned in today's text or in Hebrews 11. Her name is Jochebed. Say it with me, Jochebed. And it is found in Numbers chapter 26, verse 59. Jochebed was Moses' mother. And Jochebed was from the tribe of Levi, she later, uh, which later would become a tribe uh, of making priests for the nation of Israel, which are called to minister, uh, to minister to the people of Israel. So Jochebed was called into motherhood at a very challenging time, especially for mothers at that time. As you may know already, Israel had already been in slavery for 400-some-plus years up to this point, and it was particularly difficult for mothers. Even in slavery, even under the oppression and tight control uh, under uh, Egyptians, the nation of Israel, Israel continued to prosper in that land. So Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, became very concerned. So what he did was he forced the entire uh, nation of Israel, under, uh, forced them into slavery. And so he wanted to make sure that his throne was safe. So he literally forced them into physical labor. Some historians uh, recount that almost to the point of being inhumane. So Pharaoh wanted to make sure that the Israelites had no opportunity to continue to prosper. So Pharaoh turned up the heat but as the scriptures tell us the Israelites continued to grow in number in the land of Egypt. So this became very concerning to Pharaoh and Pharaoh took some extreme measures here. So Pharaoh ordered Um, the entire nation that every Hebrew baby boy is to be killed. Even as they were being born, he mandated the entire nation to have tight monitoring and tight control over every birth of a Hebrew boy, and they're told to be thrown into the Nile River. During this time, Jochebed became pregnant with her third child. She didn't really have much concern about the first two that weren't born, Aaron and Miriam, but her child soon to be born was at great risk of being killed off as soon as being born. Can you imagine that? Can you living with such fear and anxiety, fearing the life of your baby that is not even born yet, and you are being ordered as soon as this child is being born, you are to throw this baby into the river. So let's read the text together. Turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter 2, and we are reading from verses 1 through 10. Exodus 2, 1 through 10. Now a man from the house of Levi went, And married a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got him a wicker basket and covered it over with tar and pitch. Then she put the child into it, and sitting among the reeds by the bank of the Nile, his sister stood at a distance to find out what would happen to him. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile. And she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid, and she brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the boy was crying. When she had pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew's children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse a child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go ahead. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses and said, Because I drew him out of the water. So this story is about a mother, Jochebed. Her name means glory of God. I think it's so fitting. In so many ways, we experience God through the love and the sacrifice of our mothers. Or dare we say, as many of you guys are mothers already yourselves, you experience God's love in a deeper way, in a different way, as you experience the love and the power of God. Being a mother. So, we want to spend some time today understanding and meditating on the faith of a mother through Jochebed's journey of mothering her youngest child. So, let's go and let's explore what characterizes the faith of Jochebed, what characterizes the faith of a mother. First, I want to point out that Jochebed had a discerning faith. Discerning faith. Verse 2. Verse 2 The woman conceived and bore a son. When she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. Check out what it says here. She saw that he was beautiful. If you read through the book of Acts in chapter 6, when Stephen recounts the history of Israel, Stephen also mentioned this characteristic of Moses here. He says, Moses, the child, he was beautiful in the eyes of God. But you may be thinking, well, which mother doesn't think that? Which mother, upon seeing her own child, doesn't believe that her child is beautiful? Every mother believes that her child is beautiful in her eyes. But I think it's worth noting that the passage isn't speaking of his physical attributes or physical beauty here. The literal translation in the Hebrew language of that word, which we read as beautiful, is actually should be read as good or even noble in character. So as soon as she saw this child, she discerned in her heart that this child was good. And this child was already noble in character, meaning she discerned something special about the baby, his character. Perhaps she sensed that the future of this baby that God held was something to be special. Isn't it crazy how well the mothers know about their children? There's something innate about the connection that the mothers uniquely share with their children. Some time ago, the doctors, the medical doctors and scientists conducted an experiment to bring truth or bring evidence to this hypothesis, to this theory that mothers had this instinctive connection with their children. So they gathered 46 mothers, 46 breastfeeding mothers, which their child's birth differ anywhere from a few hours to maximum just one day. And they blindfolded each mother. And they allowed each blind, uh, mind you, this is prior to social distancing, so don't be too concerned, okay? So each mother was blindfolded, and they were given a chance to hold three different babies, which only one of them was their own. And the results came out astounding. The numbers proved that 70% of the occasions, each mother was able to pick out her own child. Isn't that amazing, but just by simply holding, simply not even without seeing, the temperament, the characteristics, for mothers. There's an innate knowledge that is unique to them. Dr. James Dobson, Christian psychologist and therapist, contends that much of the child's personality is predetermined. The temperament, the personality, tendencies, meaning they are already predetermined, even prior to any parenting, is done upon the child. Simple explanation is, they are simply just born that way. Perhaps Jochebed today, his feel, uh, in our passage today, felt that way too. She could sense something. She could feel something in this child. My encouragement to all the mothers and all the parents out there, I encourage you, be a studier of your child. Learn to discover what God has deposited in your children. Pray that you will discern the ways of God Your children pray that you will discover God's will, God's call that is gifted, that is deposited, that is already preordained upon your children. This is one of the biggest challenges for us parents, isn't it? How do we exactly discern God's call and gift for our children? It's challenging. Because it first requires us to lay down and surrender to God our selfish intent and our selfish desire that is set for our own children. And when we do, only when we do, we will discover the intentions and purposes of God that is set upon our children There are three different ways, there are three different questions which all parents ask, which reveal the way they parent. First question is, and I think this may be the most common question that most parents ask. As they raise their children, they ask this question, what is my goal for my child? We may not explicitly say this out loud, but in the ways that we approach, in the ways that we lead and guide our kids, oftentimes it's presupposed upon the question of what is, my chi- what is my goal for my child? And that certainly is not the approach that you and I should take. Some, uh, some more aware, or perhaps the, the language that we use, some more woke parents should ask this question. What is my child's goal? So you're a little selfless. You're not as selfish. You're not driven by your own personal motives. You're committed to discover what the child desires, his temperament. So we ask the question, what is my child's goal? But even then, even that reveals the shortcoming in the way we love our children. The question that you and I should be asking today is, what is God's goal for my child? It is your blessed call, my blessed call as parents to discover what it is that God desires for our own children. And I believe the greatest blessing that we can release upon our children is that they would find joy and pleasure in, in committing to the path which God has prepared for them, is to pray and discern the discerning faith. The second thing about Jochebed is that she had a courageous faith. Her faith was bold. Let's read chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. And he said, When you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth, this is Pharaoh speaking, and see them upon the birth stool, if it is a son, then you shall put him to death. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as a king of Egypt had commanded them, but let the boys live. This was king's edict that came upon all of the land of Egypt. He said, remember he's fearful of the Israelites continue to prosper in his own land. So he commanded all the midwives, as you are present at the time of many women giving birth, if you see that if uh, 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 the uh, the born child, the newborn child is a boy, bring to death, kill the child right away. Only let the girls live. But it says that the women fear God more than that they fear Pharaoh. You see, it's the greatness of Jochebed's faith is found in that Jochebed disobeyed the king. They were told to kill the babies. Instead, she kept the baby and hid him for three months. And I don't know how she was able to do this. Can you imagine hiding your baby for that long? Babies are noisy. Babies at that young age, actually sometimes even longer than beyond the age of being a baby, babies are incompliant. Babies are ignorant. They could care less about what you want for them. Somehow, Jochebed succeeds in doing that and hides a child for three months. And she was fearless in that. Her faith was courageous. It's crazy. You know, we have this false notion of what faith is. We have this, I I get it, it's premised in the notion of uh, faith is letting go and letting God. We get that, right? It's conceding our control over to God. It's trusting God in all that he will provide for us. I get that, but but sometimes we have this misconception that faith is not partaking at all in what God is doing in us and through us. So we take this passive approach in the name of, well, we let go and we let God. We sit back and not do a single thing. And we remove ourselves from being very active and participating in what God does in our lives and through our lives. I believe that having faith in God is also calling for us to be very proactive, meaning you and I are to participate. And sometimes sometimes, Faith compels us to do uh, courageous things. It calls us, it calls us, it demands us to be bold. Mothers, they do things they wouldn't otherwise do when it comes to their children. We call it what? Mother's protective instinct. And we, we often uh, see this in the animal kingdom. You never want to provoke a, a, a mother that's nursing or that's caring for their young. You never want to do that. You know, humans are the same way. And you know, I have a story too. My wife, my uh, mothers that I've seen in my life are the same way. In the same way that I've seen when I was growing up, my mother, my mom was very protective of me. Now I see the same instinct Same courage, same fearlessness in my wife. Several years ago, uh, I had just dropped my wife and my son uh, right in front of the store, and they were going inside the store to fetch some items. I think I believe it was Party City. And upon and I just kind of seeing them wayside, and they're crossing the street, and this car sped up right behind them or right beside them as they were still crossing the little crosswalk. And you can sense, and I'm, I'm watching this, and, and my, uh, my wife turns around, and she stops in her tracks and holding my son's hand, she turns around, and, and, and one of these things, she, she pointed her finger at the driver, and I couldn't quite hear, but I could see her mouthing something off, and she had this mean frown on her face. I mean, it, it put instant fear in my heart. And I had never seen that before. You know, my, mom, my wife is a very loving uh, woman, very kind, smiling. But at that moment, the mother's instinct kicked in. And I'm pretty sure that at that moment, she could care less who stood or who sat behind the wheels of that car. Man, the mother's instinct kicked in. The courage of a mother is something that we want to make sure that we understand. It's this mindset that when it comes to my own child, when it comes to my children, there isn't a thing that I won't do for her, for him or for her. you guys believe that? Here we see the courageous faith of a mother. I know that some of you guys listening to this message right now, perhaps you're a woman, perhaps you're a mom, and you have done some courageous stuff during the course of your motherhood. Mothers who give up their lucrative careers. Mothers exposing their children to the environment of the Christian faith in spite of the hostile environment, in spite of the opposing uh, environment or circumstances in your own life. It's this mindset that I will put myself through anything for my child. That is great. We see now the courage of the mother's faith in this chapter here. Lastly, Jochebed's faith was sensible, and all mother's faith is sensible. Read verse 5 with me here. The daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid and she brought it to her. It says that Jochebed made a basket. You know, the word basket that is used here is the same word that we found in Genesis chapter 6. Which we know that Genesis chapter 6 talks about this man named Noah, godly man, God fearing man, which word of the Lord comes to him. And he's now one day uh, uh, discovered with the mission to find this, uh, build this great ark, which God says, I'm going to bring upon judgment in all of this land, and I will save you and your family go out, save a pair of each kind of animal, and you are to put them into this great ark. And this ark was massive. Massive. It is the same word that we find here, but in this case is translated as what? As a basket. You know that Noah's ark was made as it was covered in tar and pitch in the same way that this passage conveys to us. So, so you know that this was not just a, a basket or a basket just weaved together, but it was well protected. It was well protected as he was being flown down the river. You see, Jochebed made sure that as Moses, as her child baby, was being flown into the river, he, she made sure that the basket was safe. Very practical here. She was not careless. She was very sensible. And now, where did Jochebeth place this basket in the Nile River? The scriptures tell us that she places the basket along the water bank. What's so special about the water bank? You see, during that time, during that era, this is where women would gather to bathe. So this was a common gathering place for all of women. So I believe Jochebed was very aware of that and she had an intended target. She had a, a purpose and she had a plan that she wanted to execute. And what else does she do? She does not just let the basket flow away, away from her, down the river, but she allows her daughter, she tells her daughter, she tells what? Miriam, too, you know what? I'm going to float. We're going to float down this basket, down the river now. But I want you to chase down. I want you to make sure that it doesn't go away. I want you to make sure and have your eyes on this basket. So now Miriam chases down this basket along the riverbank. So we see Jochebed was very purposeful. And she was very, very sensible in executing her plan. And it's crazy here. The common sense, the natural instincts of a mother is far more consequential than we would have ever imagined here. Verse 5, we see it ends up being Pharaoh's daughter who, who sees the basket. She has compassion. Upon seeing this child, opens the basket, seeing this child, she recognizes that it was a Hebrew child. And immediately, her heart was filled with compassion. So she does something that is so unexpected. She, in her own mind, breaks the law of her father that's been given to the entire land of Egypt. And we see that she ends up taking care of this child here. And Miriam quickly proposes an arrangement where, hey, would you like me to look for a a nurse that we may that you can give this child off to, and the nurse will care for this child. You know, at that time it was a common custom for wealthy women to hire a wet nurse. And a wet nurse would actually take the child, and, and the wet nurse would become the child's legal guardian, and the child is later is released back onto their parents. And guess what? And that what nurse got paid for that job. So can you imagine? I mean, wouldn't you love this? Moses' mother, Jochebed, now nursing Moses, nursing her own child, and she gets paid for that. Wouldn't you mothers, sitting at home right now, watching this service, listening to this message, wouldn't that be a great idea? Getting paid to raise your own kids? Look what happens when Jochebed exercises her faith. Look what happens when she uses her motherly instincts and she craftily executes her plan that birthed out of her common sense and love and care for her own child. You see God's sovereignty beautifully unfolding now. See how God uses her faith to activate his own plan. You see, let me share some irony here. It's crazy here. The mother did what she could do. Look here with me. But there's so much that happens beyond what Jochebed could do on her own. The irony in this passage is this the very instrument to bring death not only to Moses but to bring death upon all the babies becomes the very instrument that saves the life of Moses she follows the order of pharaoh what was the order of pharaoh to throw what to throw the baby into the Nile river she follows that order. And, it, and it's Pharaoh's daughter of all people that happens to be at the right scene, right place, at the right time. And Miriam intervenes at the most perfect and opportune time, offering to find someone to nurse him. And the baby is now reunited with his own mother. You see, by the time Moses is released back to Pharaoh's daughter, Moses will have already learned about the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob and Isaac. Moses have already will have been introduced to the ways of the Jews. He will have already experienced the ways of their God. Now, upon being released in his youth, he will now in the in the court of in the Pharaoh's court, he will now be exposed to learn law, the rhetoric, mathematics, war strategy. Think about this. Think about the life and the call upon Moses. All of this sets up. All of this becomes a foundation and all of this preparation for what God would do through Moses for the entire nation of Israel. Israel before we understand the power of the call upon Moses in chapter 3, before we talk about the meaning and the significance of power of the 40 years that Moses would spend in the wilderness, behind the greatness of the person Moses is his great faith of his own mother, Joke a bit. So interesting here. God is never mentioned in this passage. You could read your, uh, for yourself again. God is never once explicitly mentioned in this passage. Isn't it funny, though, that God is still all over this passage? You see, it's the hardest thing for mothers It's the hardest thing for us, even dads, for us to let go. But one of the things that we must do is that we must learn to release our children onto the Lord. We must first trust and understand that before they are our own children, they're first ordained by God. They belong to our Lord. Mothers, take heart. God will use your discernment. God will use your sensibility. And God will use your courage. And He's always working behind the scenes. And He will use all of your faith to accomplish His purposes. Remember, there is no mentioning, explicit mentioning of God in this passage here. Sometimes you may not feel like what you're doing today has any bearing. Sometimes in the practicality of you caring for your children, you may not feel necessarily the presence of God. You may not necessarily feel like you're doing God's work, but understand in every sacrifice that you make, every courageous act that you commit on behalf of your children, every practical provision that you make for your own kids, God is present God is working in you, and God is working through you. Amen. And I pray that today, on this Mother's Day Sunday, you receive that affirmation that is from God. And here's the good news. It is not all up to you. One of the interesting things about this passage is is how prominent the roles that different women play. And the women that come into the picture, as I have mentioned before, they're not just mothers. But it's women with motherly instincts. You know, for, I understand, for, understandably, for some of you, today is a very painful day. Mother's Day is a painful reminder of what you are not. Or even for some of us, it's a painful reminder of what you can't be and what you will never be and i want to just simply acknowledge that people who have longed to be mothers but aren't yet or they won't ever will, uh, will be or and some women stay away from church on this mothers day because of the painful reminder or they're they're reminded of their inadequacy but the reason why this passage is so powerful and so meaningful for all of us is that it's not just mothers that god uses but, it's, it, but it honors women with motherly instincts. And they're all over this passage here. Remember, Jochebed saw that her child was beautiful. Jochebed saw that her child was beautiful. Pharaoh's daughter saw the basket. And she saw that child was crying. And she had pity on him. Remember Miriam? Moses' older sister, she's now running alongside the riverbank. Her eyes are what? Upon the basket which Moses was in. And the scripture tells us that Miriam stood by, she stands by the basket. It's to simply to know what would happen to her baby brother. Simply she saw so that she would know and discern what would happen to her baby brother. And now all of this points forward to what God will eventually do for the people of Israel. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to verse 25 of the same chapter which we are in. God saw the sons of Israel and God took notice of them. God saw the sons of Israel and God took notice of them. God saw in the same way that Jochebed saw the child was beautiful. In the same way that Pharaoh's daughter saw uh, saw the basket and saw the child crying. In the same way that Miriam, Moses' sister, had her eyes on. The basket. Scriptures tell us that God saw the sons of Israel and he took pity on them. His heart was stirred up. You see, it's the mother's, it is the motherly instinct of God that moved him to save the nation of Israel. It's God's motherly instinct that sees us beautiful, that sees us as worthy of saving, and he takes pity on us, and his eyes are always on us, and his heart is always beating for us. And God had great compassion on us. It's the same compassion. It's the same loving heart of a mother that drove God to send even his own only son to die on the cross for you and me bringing salvation to those that are perishing today we have learned about the great faith of a mother who was discerning enough to see the call and the beauty that God has deposited in him. We see also a faith of a mother that moved her to extreme points of displaying courage. And we see such intuition, such wisdom, practical ways, her own sensibility, all of these things God would use, in this case, bringing salvation for the entire nation of Israel. So mothers, be encouraged today. God is using you. God's mission is being lived out in everything that you do, in every moment that you are raising your children. So powerful, isn't it? And for all of us tuning in today, may you and I be encouraged that we have a loving God. We have a God who is always for us, whose heart beats, whose eyes never leave us. And may you experience the favor and the devoted love of our Heavenly Father. Friends, Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, thank you, Lord. God, we were able to meditate on the amazing faith of Moses' mother, Jochebed. God, remind us just how powerful mothers are. And God, we want to express our gratitude. And God, in the same way, we look to you for such faithfulness. God, we look to you so that we may draw strength from you. And God, help us and teach us also to rely on your sensible provision, your faithful provision you bring to us. We thank you. We pray all of these things in the beautiful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.